I'm Kenna. I'm Koel. And welcome back to Diagnosing, Diagnosing a Killer. The Mental Breakdown. The Mental Breakdown. The Breakdown. Mental Breakdown. <laughs> I wish they could have seen your face. <laughs> Cross the eyes. eyes got all big. Mental <laughs> Breakdown. We're back today with another mental breakdown for you all. I have something a little, um, shit. <laughs> Where did my notes go? <laughs> there they are. I have something a little different today. It's not a typical mental breakdown like we do. We usually pinpoint a specific mental disorder. This um, doesn't have really much to do with mental disorders, but it does have a lot to do with how drugs affect the brain and the body. Okay. So I decided to research the top 10 most dangerous drugs in the United States. So these are all United States statistics, and we're going to count down from 10 to 1. You know, we like a good countdown. Oh, love a good countdown. Coming into the top Top 100. 100 is the top 10. So we're just going to go ahead and get right on into it. A lot of this, I will say, is, I don't want to say common knowledge, but you might know a lot of the things that I'm going to talk about. Uh, so we're going to get into it, and we're just going to act like nobody knows anything about drugs at all. Okay, we're, <laughs> so all, to pro- we're all straight edge. We've never used drugs before. Exactly. Okay. Okay, so number 10 on our countdown is diazepam, more commonly referred to as benzodiazepines, or benzos, which is the um, street name, I guess, if you the will. That's the cool um, name. Yeah, and brand <laughs> names for this drug range from, uh, I think it's Distat, diazepam, Intensil. And Valium. Valium is the most, I think, common of those. Um, other types of the drug that are prescribed are known as Xanax, Klonopin, Ativan, Restoral, and Halicin, and Li- <laughs> Liberia. Li- li- oh, I'm Where are you from? I can't accent. So all these words that we probably have heard before. A um, bunch of different, those are all like the brand names, a bunch of different, but they're all the same. Um, they're all an opioid. This drug is one of the most commonly prescribed in the U.S., and it's typically used to treat anxiety disorders, panic attacks, and even seizures because it actually has a calming effect on the brain Hmm. for people that need to have it. It's like a chemical imbalance. If they're prescribed this, it's for a reason. It's not going to calm an effect for everybody that takes it. So uh, benzos are a group of psychoactive drugs that can change an individual's mental state, affecting the way the brain and the nervous system work. These drugs are also depressants, so they're used to slow down the activity in the central nervous system, therefore reducing feelings of uneasiness and tension. Okay. You would see how someone would, like, maybe abuse these drugs because it gives them a calming sensation or, like, a downer or whatever. But then that's where it becomes dangerous and scary because, let's say, I'm prescribed this for a reason and I am expressing to you how, oh, wow, it makes me feel so good, like, it makes me calm, but you don't need it, so when you take it, it might have an alternative effect on you and even though it works for me it might not do the same thing to someone else which is why it's really important to not take anybody else's prescriptions kids never done that (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately long-term use of the drugs can have negative effects on the brain and can actually become pretty harmful if abused like we just said taking these drugs in larger doses than prescribed or recreationally using them can cause mental confusion memory issues permanent brain changes 
and even an increased risk of dementia and Alzheimer's. What? Yeah. Because it messes with the white matter in your brain. We'll get into that later. (laughs) This drug can also quickly become addictive if abused. When abused, this drug tranquilizes and sedates the brain and increases the amount of gamma amyobutric acid, or GABA, in the brain. Good job. Thank you. So GABA is a chemical messenger in the brain that blocks certain chemicals and slows down nerve impulses, again, therefore making you calm. Excess use of these drugs can lead to memory challenges, decreased emotional regulation, impulsive behavior, labored... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> labored. Labored. <laughs> impulsive behavior, labored breathing, etc. As the brain becomes used to the increased levels of GABA produced by the drug, it actually stops producing the GABA on its own. So when this happens, the user begins to feel more anxious, stressed, and fearful than when they did before taking the drug, encouraging them to take more. Oh my gosh. It literally rewires that your brain. That is scary. It is scary. This can actually trigger an elevated heart rate, insomnia, panic attacks, paranoia, mood swings, and even hallucinations. Yeah, that sounds like a great train to be on. Right? Just give me some of those. Seriously. Uh, no. High doses of this drug consumed over a long period of time can also cause brain damage similar to that caused by alcoholism. These symptoms can include memory loss, difficulty completing familiar tasks, poor judgment, loss of inhibition, and difficulty processing new information. So it literally, like, gives you short-term memory loss if you abuse this drug. That's crazy. Or it can. All in all, this drug is super common, again, for prescription, and it will work for people to which it's prescribed for, but recreational use is just not a good idea, especially long-term. Coming in at number nine. Number nine. <laughs> you may have heard this one before. It is called hydrocodone. Hydrocodone yeah. <laughs> is an opioid, similarly to the last one, that is used to treat pain and also serves as a cough suppressant, which I did not know. I didn't know that. <laughs> I did not know that. It's usually given as the combination, I also didn't know this, of acetaminophen, which is Tylenol. Mm-hmm. So it's a pill that has acetaminophen and hydrocodone hmm. or ibuprofen and hydrocodone. So it's a combination of a painkiller and a cough suppressant, which again, I did not know. So I guess you, you would maybe be prescribed that then if you had like the flu or something, yeah, potentially. You like could. Like you have body aches and mm-hmm. pains. Also, if you have like a really nasty cough. Yes. It's also hmm. prescribed for uh, pain severe enough to require an opioid. And it's right. in combination with homotrophine methylbromine to relieve the cough. That's what the drug is that relieves Interesting. the cough. See, right? I knew about the pain relief. But cough suppressant. That's well, when insane. you when you think of like someone being prescribed hydrocodone, it's usually like after like a dental procedure or like a surgery or something, right. like something like traumatic, you know, injury right. wise. Right. The effects of hydrocodone are similar to those of morphine and heroin because all three drugs interact with the same part of the brain. Hmm. Hydrocodone also interacts with the brain's reward system, which reinforces continued use by allowing the body to adjust to its presence and, in short time, come to depend on it. Similarly to number ten. Long-term addiction to hydrocortisone. Are you itchy? Are you itchy? (laughs) Do you experience itch? Long-term addiction to hydrocodone can lead to severe health consequences, especially because, over time, the drug affects the user's ability to feel pain, and therefore, they don't know that they're as ill as they are, and many times, individuals will not become aware that they have these health issues until they're in detox. <gasps> so they could have, like, a serious illness or injury, and the drug will just mask it, and they won't even know. They won't even be able to feel it. Like, their kidneys could be giving out, or, like, 
Yeah. Well, because your body, you know, your kidneys, you know, everything, everybody knows, I think, um, that your kidneys and your liver process all that stuff. So if there was damage done to any of those organs, you might not even know. Well, if you have a kidney infection or something because of it, you won't even know because it's killing the pain. Oh, that's so scary. This drug also has many negative effects on other parts of the body, including gastrointestinal problems. This is a little yucky, just as a warning. Since the drug causes constipation, there's actually risk of hemorrhoids, fecal impaction, or even rectal prolapse from taking it over the time. That's... I can't even imagine. <laughs> I just got, like, goosebumps. That reminds me of this movie called Spun, and they do, like, a butt ton of heroin. No, I shouldn't say butt ton of heroin <laughs> if I'm talking about poop. But they do uh, a bunch of heroin, I guess it is, and... Uh, yeah, there, it's, what is her name? Mina Savari. And she's, like, sitting on the toilet for, like, 20 minutes, and she's just trying, and then it's just, like, this little tiny deer turd, like, you know, and that's Literally. It. That's all you get. It's just, that's scary. Yeah. To think that you could be all blocked up like that. Like, and then it goes into your stomach, like, that's gross, like, it can push back up. Uh, yeah. Infection. That's exactly, what, exactly that what that is. This drug can also cause respiratory damage if not used responsibly. Use of the drug decreases the user's breathing and, in turn, their oxygen intake. This can be, of course, detrimental to various organs, especially the brain. This can also increase the risk of sudden death for individuals who suffer from sleep apnea or lung diseases. <gasps> I think I have sleep apnea. I constantly wake myself up like... And you know, Dad has it, so... Yeah, I used to get it all the time when I was pregnant, but it's very common in pregnant women. People who are bruised hydro... Bruised hydroconum... People who... <laughs> Sounded like a sim. <laughs> Those who brew hydroconin. Conan. <laughs> People who abuse hydrocodone by crushing and snorting it also run the risk of serious lung damage. Another system that can be damaged by hydrocodone use is the endocrine system. The use of this drug decreases hormone levels in the body, such as estrogen or testosterone, of course, which can lead to infertility in both men and women. Holy shit. I was surprised to read that. I was like, what? Damn. Low hormone levels can also lead to depression, anxiety, chronic fatigue syndrome, osteoporosis due to loss of muscle mass, and increased risk of bone fractures. A study even found that hormone levels in women addicted to hydrocodone were between 30 and 70% lower in estrogen levels than the average. Isn't that wild? Just for that a fucking is pill. wild. Like... I mean, I understand that people that get addicted can't help it, you know, yeah. if they, if it becomes a psychosis of some kind. Yeah. Well, it's scary because, I mean, people get prescribed this all the all time. All the time. You know, for pain. That is, that is absolutely creepy. Yeah. Significant abuse of hydrocodone can also alter how chemicals are released and absorbed in the brain, especially mood-regulating neurotransmitters such as serotonin and dopamine. Consuming high doses of hydrocodone for long periods of time can cause large doses of these chemicals to flood the brain, and over time, this will change the structures associated with emotional control, rational thinking, memory, and learning. So your brain now can't produce those happy chemicals on its own, so you need more of the drug to to fill that. Right. Um, Losing a limb is also a possibility with abuse of hydrocodone due to the loss of blood flow that occurs during use. Because of the oxygen intake or something? Or, oh my god. It, like, slows down everything, so your blood doesn't, I guess, move and regulate as much. Lastly, abuse of this drug comes along with a high risk of liver damage or failure due to the combination with painkillers, of course. That is number nine. (laughs) Gods, that is a a lot. lot. 
Moving down to number eight. Number eight. Okay, so it's odd that this is on here. Methadone. You know why what methadone is, is? Yeah, why is that odd that that's on there? Because that's used to eliminate withdrawal symptoms from opioids, but it's also an opioid in itself. Right. So I'll explain and people get a little a, more about yeah, that. Yeah, people get addicted to that. It's almost a... I don't know if you have it on there, but like Narcam too. No, it's not. Oh. But yes, it is. I, it's yeah. not on here, but yes, I know what you're mm-hmm. saying. So if you don't know what methadone is, it's a synthetic opioid agonist that is used to eliminate withdrawal symptoms and reduce drug cravings by acting on opioid receptors in the brain. This is the same receptors that other opioids, such as heroin, morphine, and medications activate. This being said, although it's used to treat withdrawal symptoms, it's landing on number eight on our list due to its danger. (laughs) I wonder why. It's wild, right? It's like, okay, you're overdosing. No, I'm being sarcastic. I know. I'm like, it's okay, you're overdosing. Let me go ahead and give you this drug that you're just going to continue to abuse anyway. Yeah. (laughs) And since it's, I mean, a legal prescription, it's easier to obtain. The doctor said I could have it. Right. Long-term use of methadone can lead to cardiovascular issues, often as a result of injecting methadone and potentially collapsed veins, respiratory issues as a result of chronically reduced respiration rates, menstrual cycle changes in women or sexual dysfunction in men, issues with judgment, a tendency to engage in risky behaviors, and lack of personal hygiene, the development of physical dependence, of course, and the development of an opioid use disorder. So I'm not going to get too far into that one because it's pretty much the same thing as what we just talked about. Yeah. The, the symptoms and stuff of, of abuse. Now we're going on number seven. Number seven. Morphine. Morphine. Also used in hospitals <laughs> everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> like many of the drugs on this list, morphine... <laughs> morphine. <laughs> morphine hammer. <laughs> morphine. <laughs> oh, that's all I'm going to see. Penis. See is morphine. <laughs> Can I get more peen, please? <laughs> I have a prescription for more peen. <laughs> oh, it's good. Morphine, like many of the drugs on this list, is an opioid derived from the opium poppy plant indigenous to Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. Just a fun fact. The effects of morphine include an absence of pain, deep relaxation, and a dreamlike state of euphoria. Morphine is also used as anesthesia associated with surgery or pain management in terminal patients. It's actually typically prescribed for cancer patients that are terminal. Some doctors may also prescribe it for short-term pain following an injury. This can be prescribed and administered via IV, injection, or even in pill form, which I did not know. You could take morphine in a pill. I really? Yeah, I, I didn't like know that. When I think of morphine, I think of a pill. I think of an IV when I think yeah. of morphine. Morphine works by binding to the opioid receptors in the brain, thereby blocking signals from the nervous system, similarly to hydrocodone. Poppies, yes. Poppies. <laughs> my precious. Poppies. From <laughs> Wizard of Oz? Yeah, my precious. Doesn't she say my precious, too? No, you're thinking of Gollum. No, I know he <laughs> says that, but she says, like, I'll get you, my precious. Pretty. Oh, my pretty. Too. My pretty yeah. is what she says. <laughs> Okay, so this is interesting. In as little as one month of daily usage, morphine can cause significant effects on the brain, including reduced neuroplasticity, psychomotor impairment, decreased gray matter volume in the amygdala, diminished reflex response, disrupted brain synapse causing impaired memory, reduced respiration and heart rates due to changes in the neural activity in the brain stem, and interference with the brain's chemical messenger production, distribution, and reabsorption. Like, in one month of daily use, you can, like, get, like, fucked up. It's so hard because, like, I'm, uh, like, legalized marijuana, legalized 
most all of the things, honestly. I mean, like, Amsterdam's doing quite well. Pe- people are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. And and I think that it's a waste of taxpayer money to have people put in, put away because of drug abuse or drug uh, yeah, use. Yeah, agreed. Um, me, personally, I can't hear what you're saying and be like, that sounds like fun. Literally, though. I can't. Literally. I can't listen to that and be like, wow, that sounds like but that would be cool for a weekend. That's not what people do, though. They graduate from little things to little things, and then they hang out with people, and then they're like, oh, try this drug. He's like, look, I just did it. I'm fine. Yeah. You know? And they're like, all right, fuck it. Like, once. Right. Not, I mean, I've never been there, but, you know, that's like how it works. Or like you said, I mean, this a lot of the times people get prescribed this, and then they go down a deep, dark hole. And a lot of the times when people do get prescribed things like this for pain management, they don't have a lot of other things to do. Yeah. Usually if it is a traumatic injury or something like that, they're in a bed yeah. or they're recovering and they get depressed. Yeah. And then it kind of makes all the depressies go away mm-hmm. too. At the same time, it relieves your pain as well. I can see how someone just gets stuck in a cycle of just thinking that they constantly need it. Me personally, I'm terrified of pain. Oh yeah. I am terrified of pain. Pain or painkillers? Pain. Like in general, I do not like to feel pain. I don't like to feel weak. And so when I had my wisdom teeth taken out and I, they were giving me Vicodin or whatever it was, was it then? I was definitely in the hospital. I was taking Vicodin. Some sort of, yeah. And I remember taking more than was prescribed to me because I was afraid to feel the pain. Okay, that's so odd that you say that because I'm the exact opposite. Really? I'm like, I will not take pain medication unless I absolutely have I'm to. I'm that like, way now. I'll have a headache for like three days before I'm I'll the, take I'm the same way now. <laughs> it used to, but that's when it started becoming scary for me. Yeah. was like... I knew I wasn't doing something the right way. Yeah. I knew I was doing it because I was afraid to feel that pain. And, you know, I, I, although I've gone through some traumas in my life, I have never thought of using medication like that to get rid of that. But it f- did feel good in the moment. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no. No, this yeah. And that's what problem. I'm afraid of, I think. Yeah. Like, mom and I are similar in this. Like, when I had my... I had, like, a hip surgery, like, a couple years ago. And they prescribed me tramadol. And I took it for, like, three days. And then that was it. And mm-hmm. mom does the same thing. If there's any narcotic that she gets prescribed, she takes it for the first, like, couple days. And then she, like, throws it out. So yeah. She, you know, disposes of it properly, obviously. Right, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, I think I'm a, more afraid of the adverse side effects than I am of the pain. Like, I'd rather have the pain. Like, yeah. You know? It's funny that we're opposite like mm-hmm. that. Now I won't take a... I won't take Tylenol unless I absolutely have to. Yeah. I think I took Tylenol two days ago. I had a really massive headache for like 12 hours straight. And I was like, all right, fine, I'll take one, you know, or two yeah. or whatever. Well, that's what I was just saying earlier. I, I'm i sure the listeners have noticed that I frequently clear my throat and I try to cut it out every <laughs> time we record, but sometimes I can't because mm-hmm. then it cuts out like important information. Um, however, I'm prescribed allergy medication that I just simply don't take. So <laughs> I actually took an allergy pill before we started recording <laughs> and I feel like I sound a little better. I know I usually sound congested. I just, it's not bad enough for me to think like, oh, I, I better take this. Right. You know? you, so, well, it's just not in the forefront of your mind. Yeah. There's other things to do. Yeah. So it kind of distracts you from that. And then yeah. you're like, oh crap, I didn't even take it. By the way. Yeah. yeah. All right. Back to the mental breakdown. <laughs> That's enough about us. Yeah. <laughs> So, similarly to hydrocodone, morphine has a profound effect on the brain's reward system and causes the brain to release a flood of those feel-good chemicals that I mentioned earlier. 
And once addicted to morphine, the user will experience extremely harsh withdrawal symptoms. So after that month of daily use, withdrawal symptoms are a given, guaranteed. These include nausea, vomiting, stomach cramps, chills, excessive yawning, which I thought was interesting. That is interesting. Dizziness, muscle aches, rapid breathing, etc. Especially because we don't know where yawns come from, yeah. apparently. apparently. According to science. <laughs> Uh, so morphine addiction is not a guarantee of abuse, but when it does happen, it can be deadly. Hmm. Number six. Number, number six on the list. This is oxycodone. So not oh, hydrocodone, not but hydro. oxycodone. Oxy. Number six on our list, which is very similar to hydrocodone, is oxycodone, as it is prescribed for serious pain, dental surgery, sports injuries, and cancer. The most common brands of this drug are oxycotton, uh, Percocet, and Vicodin. Sometimes people refer to this drug as happy pills. Hillbilly heroin, which is fucking hilarious. That is awful. I love that. <laughs> OC, Oxy, Perks, or Vikes. Vikes. I love shortening Perks. words. That's like one of my favorite. Tents, Perks, or Vikes. What did you want? It was like one of the first episodes we ever did. And you were like, Soup's Cash. Soup's Cash. <laughs> so good. Soup's Forget cash. about Soup's Cash. Ah. <laughs> uh. Most of the dangers that come along with oxycodone are the same as hydrocodone, so I'm not going to repeat all those because I already said them, but I do believe that this one's higher on the list due to the simple fact that it's prescribed more often than hydrocodone, but they have this uh, very similar effects. Okay. A few other things that weren't listed as symptoms of hydrocodone abuse, um, but are for oxycodone are low blood pressure, decreased alertness, and memory loss. So, interesting. Number five. Number five. This is alprazolam. Alprazolam? Yeah. It's Xanax. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's I the drug like, name of the drug. would have no idea. So that's the brand name, Xanax. The name of the drug is Alprazolam. And this is another opioid. Actually, I think like six of ten are opioids on this list, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's literally called a crisis for a reason. Yeah. There's so much. Yeah. There's so much. Again, this is very similar to the first drug that we talked about, diazepam. So I'm not going to repeat all of the effects. Uh, the same thing goes for Xanax, though, as it does for oxycodone. I just believe it's uh, frequently prescribed more than the other one. So it's higher on the list. Number four. Number four. <laughs> that was really quick. Now we're going away from the opioids and we're going Ugh. straight into methamphetamine. Yes, meth. <laughs> yes, meth. Yes, meth. Now, we've gotten to the first drug on the list that is not commonly prescribed to patients. <laughs> oh, is and, it actually methamphetamines? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but it's strictly for recreational use. I'm talking, like, meth. Like, not methamphetamines as a whole. Like, methamphetamine. Mm. Which, the, the meth. The meth. Yeah, crystal. <laughs> crystal. Like my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> you know how people say, like, oh, that's my middle name. This is actually my middle name. No, I don't know that. Methamphetamine's my middle name. I'm just kidding. Yeah, like, danger's my middle name. Oh. Like, people say things like yeah. that. My name, middle name is Crystal, but it's not spelled the same, so it's okay. Why am I, like, bragging about that? I don't know. <laughs> crystal meth. <laughs> Can I crystal meth? <laughs> As is the case with many drugs, tolerance to meth's pleasurable effects develops when it's taken repeatedly, encouraging its users to continuously abuse the drug and develop an addiction. This will also encourage users to switch the method of how they get the drug into their system, because I didn't know this, but of course, I mean, I know this, that, you know, people can smoke, inject, and snort meth. They all do, But yeah. they switch it because if they snort, 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 the effect isn't as strong anymore. So then mm -hmm. when they shoot it, it is. Yeah. Which is, I didn't know that. That's odd. That's Not why odd. people shove drugs up their butts, too. 
Okay. <laughs> Moving forward. <laughs> Chronic meth users will develop difficulty feeling any pleasure other than when using the drug, fueling further abuse. In addiction to being... Addiction to being addicted... In addition to being addicted to meth, people who use it experience symptoms such as significant anxiety, confusion, insomnia, mood disturbances, and violent behavior. They may also display a number of psychotic features, including paranoia, visual and auditory hallucinations, and delusions, most commonly being, uh, like, insects crawling under the skin. You know, they have, like, people that abuse methamphetamines have usually right. have they sores usually and stuff. and yeah. stuff, because they, yeah... Psychotic symptoms can sometimes last for months or even years after a person has quit meth, and stress has been shown to precipitate spontaneous recurrence of psychosis in past users. So you can be clean from meth for almost and still, a year and still experience those psychotic symptoms. Oh, it's really scary. Like the itchiness and stuff? Mm-hmm. Once off the drugs, symptoms of withdrawal from the drug include depression, anxiety, fatigue, and of course, an intense craving for the drug. In addition to this, neuroimaging studies have demonstrated alterations in the activity of the dopamine system that are associated with reduced motor speed and impaired verbal learning. Studies in chronic users have also revealed several structural and functional changes in area of the brain associated with memory and emotion, which may account for many of the emotional and cognitive problems observed in these individuals. Research in primate models have found that meth alters brain structures involved in decision-making and impairs the ability to suppress habitual behaviors that have become useless or counterproductive. The two effects were correlated, suggesting that the structural change underlies the decline in mental flexibility. So chronic use of this like really messes up your brain for the long run, which is really sad. That is sad. These changes in brain structure and function could explain why meth addiction is so hard to treat and the relapse rate is actually really high. Well, if you're already experiencing the symptoms and you're clean and sober, yeah. it's like... Might as well just fucking do it. I mean, I don't I don't know. Like, or it might it, help. It might help the with symptoms. this. Yeah, exactly. Number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. Cocaine. Cocaine. Cocaine is a stimulant that is very common in the United States and is extremely dangerous to the brain especially the mental health. Both free-based cocaine, which is commonly referred to as crack, and powdered cocaine can cause long-term damage to mental health, which appears in the form of mood or emotional disturbances. Because the drug directly interferes with dopamine being reabsorbed by neurons, one of the symptoms of the come-down is serious depression. If the brain does not reach its original equilibrium, then a person who has struggled with cocaine abuse may require ongoing mental health treatment. Like, even after there's, like, off of it? Yes. This is actually this is actually the one that correlates most with mental illness. You can like permanently make yourself mentally ill from abusing cocaine. If you did if you didn't have it before, you can have it after. Wow, that's literally mind-blowing. Other serious long-term changes to mood and mental health include auditory hallucinations, restlessness, paranoia, and psychosis. Okay, so do you remember when we talked about a couple mental breakdowns ago? How people have a pre, uh, they're predisposed to developing a mental illness and some people aren't, which is why two people can go to the same war and only one will come back with PTSD. Mm -hmm. Same thing with cocaine. People who have increased potential to develop psychosis or schizophrenia are more likely to trigger this condition if they binge cocaine. So it might be hereditary or something. Yeah. But it might not show any signs of it until you, after you use coke? Yes. Similarly to, it's called epigenetics. It's a really, like, extremely in interesting study. But it shows, like, this person is predisposed to developing 
let's say, schizophrenia, and then an environmental trauma will happen to them, and then that will push them over the edge to develop... This is the trauma. The cocaine is. <gasps> Interesting. That is incredible. Tell me you learned something on the podcast. Right? <laughs> <laughs> this drug also increases stress hormones like cortisol in the brain, which can in turn raise blood pressure permanently, damaging the cardiova- cardiovascular system. I'm sure we've all seen someone that is addicted to cocaine do you usually have like a beet red face or mm-hmm. something because their blood pressure is so high interesting if the user does not happen to develop psychosis or paranoia they could develop anxiety panic disorders or problems with aggression or violence one of the most serious long-term effects from cocaine abuse is damage to the cardiovascular system this can lead to damage to many other organ systems including the brain If the linings of the veins and arteries are damaged, it can lead to chronic headaches as blood flow to the brain becomes restricted. This damage can also cause blood clots, which can lead to a stroke, and the drug can also cause seizures either during binging or chronic abuse, or cause a seizure disorder to develop, which requires long-term treatment. That is incredible to me. Like, I feel like I know so many people that just, like, recreationally use coke every once in a while, and... You're gonna have a that, you're gonna. I mean, you're gonna have what chronic headaches? Yeah, it's scary, and you don't realize. I mean, this is such a and, party drug, if you will. Like, you don't realize how fucking scary it is. Well, and like, I think it because do. it doesn't, you feel like it. The effects of cocaine isn't that long lasting, yeah. so you think you're in the clear. Like, mm-hmm. it's like not to compare cocaine with weed because I feel like you could whatever. That's yeah. a different. That's a different story. That's a different topic. But I feel like people think that the that the high that you get isn't long-term, so the effects wouldn't be long-term. Yeah. No, it's actually quite the contrary. <laughs> that is incredible. People who struggle with cocaine addiction also show reduced levels of glucose metabolism in many areas of the brain, suggesting that neurons underperform or begin to die. This is so interesting. Prolonged use of cocaine can actually speed up the process of losing healthy brain tissues and can even cause the cells to begin to cannibalize themselves. <gasps> Your brain will literally eat itself if you abuse cocaine for long enough. Oh my! Like so, how? Do, okay, so how would you know? Is it like memory loss? Yeah. Well, that's like... the that's when that white matter starts to deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Similarly to Parkinson's disease or dementia or Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's, it's because that white matter is fading, but it's usually due to old age. But this is like expediting it's... the process. Oh my god! Yeah. Moving on to number two. Number two. Go to number two. <laughs> number two is heroin. Heroin? Heroin. <laughs> heroin. Another opioid on the list, heroin is extremely dangerous and highly addictive. When used, heroin stops the brain from producing its own opioids, making it more difficult to fight the pain on the user's own, encouraging more drug use and leading to addiction. Once your brain becomes physically dependent on the drug, withdrawal symptoms are a guarantee, similarly to morphine, making it much more dangerous to come off of the drug. Long-term use of heroin can severely impair the brain, allowing harmful proteins to build up. Use can also inflame the brain and cause structural damage, similarly to those with Alzheimer's disease. When this happens, the user can experience things like mental decline, confusion, personality changes, lack of restraint, depression, nervousness, paranoia, and memory loss. A drug can make your personality change. Like, it's just so interesting, but it's so scary, like, to know that, like, And it's often that you use it once and you're hooked. Yeah, exactly. 
Abuse of this drug also causes the white matter in the brain to be destroyed, which can negatively impact the user's ability to reason and make decisions. It makes it much harder to regulate behavior and deal with stress. Abusers can also expect to experience reduced sex hormones as a result of use, causing depression, chronic fatigue, osteoporosis, and loss of muscle mass. Hypogonadism, or failure of the testes in men and ovaries in women, is another side effect of chronic misuse. Lastly, heroin abuse can cause respiratory suppression, which can decrease the amount of oxygen to the brain, disruption of the balance of neurotransmitters by, again, flooding the brain with that dopamine, and altering the vascular structure of the brain, which can lead to stroke, aneurysms, and other cerebrovascular changes that damage the brain. I feel like when people overdose on heroin, it's very common and quite often that they stop breathing when they're sleeping or they vomit when they're asleep because their breathing is so shallow. Right. It's so scary. It's scary. Yeah, even if you were like to aspirate, yeah, on your on your own vomit yeah. because you can't expel anything. You're ugh, you can't get if, that deep breath. I know it makes me feel like I need to take a deep like breath just thinking about right? it. Ugh, it's like climb, right. it's like climbing through a cave. All right, we are down to our uh, number, one, number one most dangerous drug. What do you most think it is? Dangerous drug. Oh, I don't know. There's so many. <laughs> Is it acid? No, I don't wanna. No, I'm it's I'm I'm sure it's not weed. It's not acid. It's not acid. It's not LSD. It's not PCP. Nope. It's uh. Well, what have we been talking about this whole time? What types of drugs? Opioids. Okay, so you already did heroin. You already did meth. Fentanyl. Oh, fentanyl. <laughs> See, you don't even think about fentanyl. Yeah, fentanyl is. Oh, don't worry. It's also used in hospitals. Oh, don't worry. It's prescribed by a doctor. Literally. Mm. I love how, uh, you know, pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical companies are just like, yeah, we're going to take this thing that, that is illegal and we're going to make it legal and we're going to deal to people. <laughs> we're going to make it legal for us. For us. <laughs> <laughs> so it's no surprise that this monster comes in at number one most dangerous drug in the United States as it is 100 times more potent than morphine. Fentanyl is extremely illegal for recreational use in the U.S. due to its high death rate, but somehow it's still allowed to be prescribed in very specific circumstances in medicine. Just like other opioids, fentanyl works by binding to the opioid receptors in the brain and floods it with dopamine, like we've talked about. The effects are very similar to heroin, but much more powerful. In addition to euphoria and relaxation, other side effects of the drug can include nausea, drowning, dr- drowningness, <laughs> drowsiness, that's what I meant to say. Drowning yourself? <laughs> Don't do it in a pool. Don't do it. Sedation, confusion, respiratory depression or arrest, coma, and death. Due to the powerful nature of the drug, when it binds to the opioid receptors of the brain, everything slows down, including breathing and, in turn, oxygen intake. What? (laughs) Don't get a pool. Don't get a pool. Don't get a pool. Don't Don't just buy a pool. (laughs) This drug can also make impulsive decisions like buying like buying pools. Taking too much of the drug can cause the user to stop breathing altogether, which is terrifying. All of the other side effects of this drug are the same as most opioids. However, due to the potency, withdrawal is much more dangerous than the others and is likely to result in terrible symptoms such as restlessness, sweating, irritability, nausea, vomiting, weakness, cramps, insomnia, and high blood pressure. It's what? Like, why would you ever, why would you ever put yourself in that situation? Yeah. 
I mean, I guess that, I mean, well, again, clearly it's prescribed. Yeah. So sometimes you might not have a choice. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you're on it for if somebody's trying to save your life, recovering from a motorcycle accident or something, and then they just send you off on your merry way. So that is my mental breakdown. I did want to add very quickly at the end, if you or somebody you know is struggling with addiction, you can call the 24-hour line at 1-800-662-4357, or you can visit the website at www.samhsa.gov. So I just wanted to pepper that pepper in Pepper that there. in. Yeah, it's really wild, and we definitely want to make it clear that we know that drug addiction is not something that people choose and you know it's it's, it is an illness and uh i just thought it was super interesting to kind of tackle that and also kind of showcase how it affects the brain and the cocaine thing with mental health was really interesting i did not know that before i I dove into this so i can't wait uh at the next party that i'm at to be like before you do that cocaine sir yeah (laughs) are you predisposed to a mental illness illness? does mental illness run in your family this could trigger an event (laughs) trigger an event this could trigger your to drown yourself. <laughs> this could be triggering. You might buy a pool. <laughs> you might buy a pool. <laughs> All right, that's Anyways. our mental breakdown. We are going to come back uh, with another case pretty soon, and then of course, back to back to back. We know that I'm sure it's known by now that we do a case and then a mental breakdown and then a case, case and a mental yeah. breakdown. So until next time, love you, love you, bye. bye.